Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and however you are listening to this episode of the podcast, it's damn fine to have you here. This is a companion podcast for the Lucinda Pullinger one that went out earlier this week. I'm joined by the great and powerful Kevin Green. And as normal on the companion, we're just going to have our reactions to the episode itself. I really enjoyed this one, actually. It took us down a few avenues of thought. And what I really enjoy about doing these episodes is the fact that you get to hear our thoughts form. And it also reinforces to ourselves what we think. So this is a great one. I really enjoyed it. Hope you do too. Welcome to Leadership Bites with your host Guy Bloom, a leadership podcast, conversations, just me talking and occasional interviews. Check us out at livingbrave.com and when you enjoy the episode, subscribe and tell everyone. Kevin, how are you? I am super good. Thank you, Guy. I appreciate you asking. How is you? I am okay. It's a bit grotty outside, but I'm in a new studio, which is now my podcast space. New studio. Get See what you. I did there? Nice. Not a, ro- not a room. I'm not calling it a room. It's a studio. <laughs> it's a little bit like an apartment or a flat. You know, it's an apartment when you're selling it, but a flat when you live in it. Is, is that like when, when we're all working from home or trying to, is that when I call one of my spare bedrooms my office now or my study? Yeah, okay, don't call me Studio. out on it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> don't have to point out things like that. <laughs> but actually, it's a room dedicated. Let's put it like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it has a dedicated, but it's a little bit echoey. So I'm uh, I'm just trying to deal with that now until I get some stuff up that absorbs the sound. So, I could um, work with studio. Yeah, so uh, here I am in the Leadership Bites studio. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So anyway, um, this is a companion podcast to the Lucinda Pullinger episode that went out earlier this week. The intent with these companion podcasts is just to have a little bit of commentary on just how we think that conversation went and how that individual landed with us. Good. So on that note, having listened to it, what were your initial thoughts and reactions? Earliest thoughts around Lucinda are twofold. Number one, I get the impression that Lucinda is very no-nonsense. And I know that she ended up validating that towards the end of the podcast, but I'd already noted that to myself in the first five minutes, in that she doesn't require any thinking time to cultivate and give you her answers to your questions. Her answer was on point pretty much done instantly. There's no arms, there's no R's, there's no verbal punctuation while she thinks herself through. So I got the impression that she's very no-nonsense and that she would call any nonsense out very early if you demonstrated nonsense, but that she wouldn't do it cruelly to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I've you know, I've met Lucinda and pre-Armageddon um, that we find ourselves in now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, we had a coffee and it was just a really good conversation. She's a genuinely engaging, warm person who has a very, very strong commercial bias. And I loved it because I think I find that there are so many HR people that are the caricature of their role. And she absolutely isn't. You know, she she gets the people piece. She is a very emotionally intelligent individual. And at the same time, she can hold her own on the commercials with anybody. And she's a genuine example about what a true HR business partner is like. And I think that comes across incredibly well and quite quickly. 
You know, like you say, she can hold a commercial conversation with anybody. I get that. You know, you and I have that shared belief around the need to contribute beyond your own agenda or the need to contribute beyond your own need and self. I remember Lucinda recalling some feedback that she'd had from a previous CEO, and that was, I absolutely get your expertise from an HR perspective in that boardroom, but in order to make it to the next level, I'm going to need for you to start contributing beyond just the HR and people stuff. And she strikes me as having really stepped up to that. Yeah, I think that is an inherent truth for the difference between being a leader in the business and a leader of the business. Mm. So it doesn't matter if you're in marketing or finance or whatever it is. Yes, your expertise as a leader in the business means that you climb that particular vertical pole. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get into that horizontal space about being a contributor outside of that, then you have to be able to not just be present in those meetings, but add value to them. So you've got to understand the mechanics and the commercials of a business and what this business is about. Now, I think that's where a lot of board members fall down or a lot of boards are run as actual management teams where it's high performing individual contributors. But actually what they're not doing is leading the business. Mm. And I think that's where she absolutely understands the difference, probably because characteristically, that's how she sees the world. But then also she's been blessed with some really good mentors that have said, hey, let me not just give you the permission, but let me give you an expectation that that's that's how you operate. And she's definitely, she latched onto that and she's become what she is now. For me, that that could be captured in, in the saying, stay in your lane, don't stay in your lane, and knowing when to move out of your lane into somebody else's and, and contribute somewhere else. Yeah, and I think staying in your lane is, if I'm hearing you rightly, is indication of my expertise. I, I know what I'm about. But when you step outside of your lane, even if you've got the knowledge and the expertise, there's a lot of sensibilities around other people who may not feel as if they want input or may not have the personal confidence to take it. So I think it's not just about the fact that you've understood things outside of your own area. It's the manner in which you offer it and it seemed to come from a place of trust so you're not attacking me you're not trying to shame me I know you have a genuine intent so even if you've said something that I find awkward I can't attack you because I know that you're you're coming at this in a really positive way so there is a craft to stepping outside of your lane and anything else sort of strike you in, in the conversation yes I noted what I think Lucinda's key drivers or dominant drivers are, and that is one of contribution and connection. Lucinda described attacks on her own resilience comes when her IT system doesn't work, for example, but she ends up building her own levels of resilience when she's helping other people. So when other people come to her to lean on her for support, it's not the length of time that that support takes from her. It's the difference that she can make to somebody else who needs Lucinda to lean on. Yeah, I think I definitely experienced that. You're right. And I think that's the nature, isn't it, of somebody having an inherent interest, desire and motivation to enable others. And in doing so, finds an energy from doing that. And that's a beautiful thing if that's inherently in you. Yes, because that absolutely confirms that you are in the right job. Mm. And I think it also means that when you have an HR person who is able to make commercially strong business decisions or hold people to account for a people piece that is geared towards the value that it brings to the business if it's coming from somebody who you have to trust their intent because that is the essence of what they are then that's the balance of the person isn't it a high level of commercial focus but with a high human engine and that makes the difficult messages palatable 
because I have to trust what you're about, even yeah. if I don't like it. And that doesn't mean that I liked it. It doesn't even mean that you're smiling at me when you're saying yeah. it. It does mean that I trust you. And I think that speaks a little bit to the impression I got that Lucinda is no nonsense. If she detects nonsense, she's going to call it out quite quickly, but she won't do it with cruelty. No, not at all. Not She'll at all. do it in a human manner, but she won't tolerate it. And I think that is where I think there is. And this is not true in generically in the sense of for everybody, but it is more true than might want it to be that people that have been in HR from day one in their career all the way through to where they are, it is much harder. It's not not doable, but it is much harder to be fully credible in a commercial context because their line of sight can be very, very linear. It doesn't mean it can't be done. And I've seen a good handful of senior HR people that have absolutely nailed it. But it's a harder ask when you haven't had the external inputs from doing other things before you got there. So that capacity to often have lived a commercial life and then got into HR is very often the factor that I think can make the difference and, and, and genuinely is then more believable because it's not just an intellectual exercise. You know that person has been in that space in some form. Yeah, and, and your character has been deepened and rounded because of those experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Just, I find her very engaging. She's got an energy and a drive to her that's very, very Kath Possumai-esque. If you go back to that other episode, very different human beings. The manner of them is different, but there's still that intelligence and that drive and that literal commitment to, if I'm doing a thing, then by echoes, I'm doing a thing. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm going to see it through and I don't, I won't balk from the, the tough decisions. And they both show that, I think, in, in the essence of, of who and what they are. And I'll take my people with me, but I am intent on this path. I think that's what it is. I think that's how people follow. I'm dealing with some organisations at the moment, and one of the problems that one of them has got is that trying to be too nice. And in doing so, people are, leave me alone, I want to be trusted. And then at the other end, they're also saying, why don't you make decisions and tell us what to do? And the reality is it becomes its own problem. So people do want strength. They do want decisions. They don't even have to agree sometimes. They just need to know that you're sure. And clarity of expectation, which can sometimes need somebody being forthright in their thinking and, and speech. Yeah, and I think that's what she brought to the senior team as well. This is a well-run business, but I actually what I do notice is that you don't have a clarity, for example, in certain areas. So let me facilitate that to get us to a point where you can't, in her words, I think she said, can't get a piece of paper in between us in terms of our values and our behaviours and the way that we're going to operate. Right, so let, let's spend a, a little, uh, a few minutes there if we can, Guy, because I remember Lucinda talking about you can't get a piece of paper between us because we're so tight on our commitments and our values and our behaviours. Lucinda, I think, used the word that that process could be deemed as tortuous because it took everybody to a place where we will insist on everybody's 100% participation because it's only until we got 100% agreement that we can insist on 100% commitment to it. And so the process to get everybody out there with consistent agreement was tortuous, but very worth it in the end because it means that you can't get a piece of paper between us. And I think there's a couple of things that go with that. Number one is that doing this work with organisations, I think one of the red herrings is let's write a vision statement. Well, okay, apart from the word crafting, which can take as long as it might painfully do to decide on a few words, the reality is, so what? Who cares? Actually, what is the evidence, the data, the demonstration, the, the thing that we're going to 
check in with ourselves that are the tangible behaviors that show that that's actually happening right and easy when it's easy so when we're put under pressure what's it going to look like and i think that's key and one of the things i did note about one of the things she spoke about which is this move towards behaviors and not values behaviors and not yeah. values because guess what you may believe that you should be fit but do you go down the gym example that i picked up from the podcast was lucinda's experience at shell where one of the values at shell was honesty but of course everybody will expect that and every single one of us will put our hands in the air and say yeah i can live up to that i'm always honest but that's a thing to be Whereas the shift from values to behaviours is things to do, i.e. the shift from the value of honesty becomes the behaviour of always tell the truth. Now I can measure you on that. Now that's an expectation of me. So shifting away from organisational values to organisational behaviours, I think that's something that we should all sit up and pay attention to. Yeah, I think it's very easy to verbalise intent towards a thing and a completely different step to evidence that you're actually doing something about it yes and i think there are many issues that are created by senior team members espousing a truth which intellectually they probably agree with Mm. and inherently they are behind but because they're not being either held to account or having their behaviors reflected back to them it's the jihari window what you're blind to can't see the back of your own head stuff very often it's good people who are by accident by habit by no point of reference no counsel no reflection of their own manner they are actually making liars of themselves by the fact that they don't necessarily then do the things that they actually talk about so it's not that sometimes they're doing something wrong but if they're not doing it right then they're not role modeling it which means they don't believe in it which means actually you you know you're not you're not believable and i think she gets that and it's about let's not just have a brochure let's have demonstrable actions that translates into evidence which translates into a data point which we can measure and behaviors are highly more measurable than values yeah totally totally yeah so all in all i thoroughly enjoyed it as an episode i'm not quite sure if you're supposed to call it an episode or a podcast it's an episode on the podcast but i thoroughly enjoyed it she impresses me she's of a type of hr person that when i deal with them i come away going right i know exactly what i'm doing you've told me what you want and i know that unless i put that tick in that box you're going to hold me to account for it but also you've given me a permission and a license to do it she's one of those people and she's going to work with you and actually it's going to be a partnership all of its own and right let's go boom fix bayonet it's let's go <laughs> you know she's of that time and i think that's great and it comes through anything else or does that kind of bring us to a, a no, natural I think, conclusion i think that's a nice summary guy lucinda is clearly a big hitter that came across during your episode yeah definitely okay well listen my friend i'm going to close this down i'm going to edit get this out and um i've got dave Ulrich lined up who i've recorded with and that was a bit of a nightmare in recording so i'm going to editing away on that one like a good one we've got our corporate social responsibility one coming out next week as well so that'll be with you me and Stu. so that'll be a good one to listen to as well with that production stuff at least that will put your new studio to the test Thank you very much for recognising that it'll be done in a studio. (laughs) All right. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, my friend. Take care. Thank you, Guy. Okay, that's the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Lucinda. I think she comes across incredibly well. That was an absolute joy. Next week, we 
have an episode on corporate social responsibility. That's with myself, Kevin and Stu. And I've also got lined up some other great guests. We've got Dave Ulrich, the HR guru, coming online. And we've got Clara Min, the global head of franchise sales for Adidas. That's one I'm particularly looking forward to. I've been talking to Clara over the last couple of weeks, and she's a fascinating character. And remember, please, subscribe. Tell everybody we're a new podcast. We're trying to get off the ground in a sea of other podcasts. So just tell people, send them the link to the podcast so they can maybe listen to it from themselves. It really helps us and we truly appreciate it thank you so very much see you soon that's it subscribe so you keep updated on new episodes visit livingbrave.com if you want to connect with us and find out more this has been leadership bites see you soon